Welcome to the Toxin Terminator, helping people to restore and renew their health by removing the toxins from the home and their lives. Join in as industry thought leaders help you understand the physical and emotional effects these products can have on you and your family, and the safe alternatives you can use to remove the hidden toxins for renewed health. Now, please welcome your host, the Toxin Terminator herself, Amy Carlson. 60% of people are suffering from a chronic disease today. There are five main sources in our home that are contributing to those chronic diseases. And most people have no idea that they're using materials within their homes that are actually making them sick. What if you could clean your home safely? You could have easy to make recipes with items you already have, and you could make a few small changes to get yourself on that path to wellness. In my course, I'll show you how to detox each and every room of your house and create a healthy home environment. Hello, everyone. I hope you all had a fantastic Christmas. And as we get ready to end 2020 and go into 2021, what better time than to review the absolute best episodes of the Toxin Terminator of 2020. And that's exactly what today is, is a collaboration of all the best pillars of living a toxin-free lifestyle. We're covering mental and stress. We're covering sleep and weight and movement and products and all things dealing with living a toxin-free lifestyle. I hope you enjoy and have a safe New Year's. After that contest, I went. I gained 42 pounds of fat and water in 11 weeks. Wow. I went from Mr. Universe to Mr. Marshmallow. Oh, and, no. And so it was shocking because it was like, how is this possible? I got the best coach in the world. I got Spartan discipline. I'm flawless on my, mm -hmm. my diet, my training, all this sort of stuff. And here I have a major health crisis. Yeah. And I, I had the good fortune of meeting a doctor by the name of Dr. Michael O'Brien. And he was a senior citizen. And he was the most vibrant person I'd ever met. His skin was just translucent and his eyes shone right through and his had so much energy and he was so knowledgeable and he was just, and he was the picture, like the, like the picture of health, even in his seventies. And I was just like, I, I went to him at a seminar and I came up to him and I said, Michael, what am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. Kind of outlined all the stuff I like. And he says, wait, it's changed my life. He said, you've learned to build the body from the outside in. I'm going to show you how to build the body from the inside out. Wow. And so I mentored under Michael. He taught me about the, how our digestive systems get disrupted because of all the chemicals in our environment, because of the lack of probiotics, the lack of enzymes, low HCL levels, uh, cellular toxicity that builds up and the food production, all these sort of things. And what I recognized is uh, I had been following a performance-based diet. Mm. And in the pursuit of that, the information I was gathering could allow me to achieve a certain level of performance, but it was compromising my health to do that. And we have a philosophy of aesthetics, performance, and health as the kind of the three angles that people get attracted to changing their, right. their physicality. Right. 
you come in from different ways. Ultimately, you end up at the, at the base pyramid, which is the health. It, like ultimately, we want to preserve our health as we age. Right. And so that just set and cast the motion. And I, my business partner had met me at that time. So I followed his program. I recovered in six months. I had got my physique back. I felt radiant in energy like I never had before. I didn't have brain fog. My joints didn't hurt. Uh, you know, my skin was wonderful. I mean, everything just took right off. And I was like, wow, this is great. So I started teaching everybody. I had a little holistic clinic. But at the same time, my, my current business partner, Matt Gallant, he... Um, he was selling products online and he said, we could sell a course online. And I was like, what, what do you mean selling a course online? This is 2004. Nobody does that. Nobody makes money online. He's like, no, I'm making money online. And we were personal trainers together. And I said, I don't even own a computer. I was using <laughs> internet cafes at that time. And he, he didn't believe that. I didn't believe he was making money online. So we decided we'd start a company and uh, it became wildly successful. And we were educating at first bodybuilders who were making all the mistakes that I was making inadvertently were going to end up in a health crisis. Right. And then that spread on to athletes. And then in my holistic health clinic, I started applying some of these principles to ordinary people. And they started transforming from illnesses and disease when they started learning about detoxifying and cleansing and optimizing digestion and getting the goop out of their systems. And so, well, this was a remarkable journey. After four years... I took all those principles, condensed them into one simple, what I call the awesome health formula and made a comeback in bodybuilding, got ready for a national championship in three and a half weeks, won both of my classes, went to the world championships, placed better than I did the first time. The first time I was 13th, then I came fifth, which was really good for me. And at that point, I started teaching those philosophies on mass. And that was where staying alive in a toxic world, which I co-wrote with our genetics expert, uh, Katrine Volinsky, and she had overcome nuclear radiation poisoning. And so she was one of my most difficult clients. Mm -hmm. She was from Russia. And, and so we had to learn about another level of all this stuff. And, oh, sure. And that's why we ended, that's why we ended up writing that book. And, and then, of course, Bioptimizers evolved out of that original online format and is today where we focus on uh, optimizing human biology. And uh, we start with the digestive system and move through the nervous system, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the, kind of the short version of a very long story. It's estimated that 50% of the homes and buildings in the U.S., at least 50%, have um, water damage. Wow. Now, you don't have to necessarily have water damage to have mold growth. Because if you look at, you know, new construction, a lot of the times the construction crew puts up a frame and they might not get back to that house for three weeks. And in the meantime, rains on it. And so you already have materials that are conducive to overgrowth. And it's one of those things where, you know, when people hear mold, they think black mold, which is stachybotrys. And that one is certainly dangerous, but there are many species you can't see or smell, which are just as harmful. Right. And so, uh, you know, uh, I have worked with couples and individuals who are multimillionaires and, you know, it has nothing to do with the hygiene of your home. Right. Um, it has to do with, you know, humidity, structural issues, things of that nature. And so 
And our homes are locked up tight now. You know, we want these high energy efficient homes and we're locking them up tight and not allowing the the house to breathe. So I I would suspect that the mold toxicity is, is pretty high. Yeah. And, you know, what people need to understand is that mold behaves differently indoors than it does outdoors. Sure. So when there is not such a push for energy efficiency, there was a better exchange of indoor and outdoor air. But now, you know, you may only have a a small amount of mold uh, inside a house, but it can become problematic very quickly. Um, You know, and patients will say, well, Dr. Tim, I went to the Amazon and, you know, there's all this mold there. Why didn't I have a problem? Because mold behaves differently outdoors. And it's just like in the gut, you need certain species to keep other species in check. And when you don't have that, that's when things become problematic. So, yeah, sorry. Tell us what, what would be some symptoms if somebody, you know, suspects that, Hey, maybe it's a problem for me. I don't know what, what kind of things would they be experiencing? So it can manifest differently. And that's, you know, the main take home point. So if I, you know, I've worked with families before where, The husband has a certain number of symptoms. The wife has completely different symptoms. The son has even different symptoms and the daughter has different symptoms. Now, some of the most common symptoms that you see over and over again are uh, severe insomnia, like recalcitrant insomnia that just won't respond to supplementation of any kind and even medication of any kind. Okay. and that's because of the inflammation, the neurological inflammation it causes. Okay. Um, also brain fog. And, you know, I worked with an actress who's fairly well known. And, you know, she said it took her almost a pot of coffee to get going. And, uh, you know, she hadn't really been a heavy coffee drinker prior to that. And I said, well, you know, you're trying to overcome the mold, you know, mm-hmm. to help your mitochondria produce energy. And uh, so, you know, people can present with recalcitrant insomnia, runny nose, sinus headaches, or what they perceive to be sinus problems. But 95% of sinus problems or sinus infections are due to mold. Really? And I learned that from an EMT, yeah. So like um, if you suffer from allergies, it could it, it might not necessarily be that you've got Uh, seasonal allergies, you might be suffering from mold. Yeah. And, you know, to that point, I would say you can have mold toxicity where you have a buildup of mold in your body, but you can also have an allergy to mold where you react to it, or you can have both. Um, But, you know, the mold toxicity part for me is more serious than the mold allergy. Got it. Got it. And so what is there tests that somebody can take and to find out, you know, is this even something that I'm dealing with? Yeah. So there are urine mycotoxin tests and depending on, you know, which lab you use, they might test for nine or 10 mycotoxins. Mm -hmm. Some might check up to 20 or 25. Um, But when we get those results back, I might say, Amy, okay, your levels are elevated, but I can't tell you what percentage of these mycotoxins came from your house, from the grocery store, from the mall. And all I can tell you is that your body burden is pretty high. 
Gotcha. And I, so sometimes I do that test. Other times I use an organic acids test and you can look for certain markers on there. And, and because that gives you a window into many different areas of the body, uh, I like to use that versus, you know, the mycotoxin test is only gonna tell us about mycotoxin. Well, you know, it's funny you brought that up because in 2001, in a natural uh, health journal that I was reading at the time, I, re- I will never forget the article. Matter of fact, in my lessons, I quote this article a couple different times because it really got me studying stress. 50% mm-hmm. of all disease, this is in 2001, it said 50% of all disease is caused by stress. And then 70 to 80% of all doctors visits are caused by stress so i figured i better know a few things about it and i really kind of you know sorted it out into various categories me i'm a big um, organizer i like to categorize things i like to come up with those acronyms like the hidden stressors or the dress for health success and um you know we we've got to sort out stress so I've got it down to where there's, it's mostly mental, emotional, there's spiritual, what we call existential angst from not having any purpose or beliefs mm-hmm. in your life. You know, that's actually, walk around stressful, not knowing who's in charge, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so, and I think that's really important and, and people are nervous because of it, you know, and that leads to disease in some, some people. So there's a mental, emotional, spiritual, uh, existential stuff. Um, there's also, of course, built up trauma in the body. This is very stressful. Personally, I'd say that'd be my challenge because I've got such a well-used body. I was in sports, football and wrestling, hurt myself. I did uh, surfing and hurt myself, my neck and on the same. I've done uh, a lot of motorcycle accidents because I still ride to this day. I have a motorcycle collection and eh, you fall, you know, so especially when you like to go fast. <laughs> so no. I have a well-used body. No. So do other people who have had car accidents, even, even childhood traumas can stay with you. So we have all this existential and mental emotional stuff. We have all of this trauma built up from weakness, bad posture, sitting at a desk too long, things right. like that. And then the, the maybe a biggie for us as practitioners uh, is the just the, the external and internal toxins, chemicals, biochemicals, your own exudates, you know, that can just build up in your body. Right. And so there's things to know about your body in order to eliminate that. First, we can certainly test for the parasites, bacteria, funguses, viruses. Those are those are just stressors. I just categorize those as that's just another form of stress on your body, along with the the physical and the mental emotional. And so we sort it out that way. It's very logical. Food sensitivities is another big one. People are just, you wouldn't believe the miracles. People who've um, started to lose weight and they they lose all their skin rashes, uh, kids with ADD, all of a sudden they're back to normal. You'd be amazed at what could happen when you get foods you're sensitive to out of your diet, the sleepiness, the tiredness, the overweight, just, it's unbelievable. Now, so looking forward, we test every single person for food sensitivities. And then turning and looking backwards, it didn't help everyone to the same level. But boy, we sure better, glad we ran it in that person and that person and that person and that person and that person. Looking backwards, it's just been really incredibly helpful. Looking forwards, we, we run it as routine because you don't know you know, just how much of a, a piece of the puzzle 
food sensitivity is. So when you talk about stress management and stress reduction, Amy, you've got to talk about the lab work for the for all the bugs and dysbiosis, and we just call that the hidden internal stressors. And then, of course, you know, um, you got the food sensitivities, which are coming in. And then you've got all the other stressors, which you don't need tests. You don't have to spend any money. You can look at your personal care products. You can look at your household cleaning products. And you can look for the ingredients that we know are very bad for you. I just thought, well, I just must be crazy. There's there's obviously it's I have an emotional problem and I'm just going to be unhealthy for the rest of my life. So I was very depressed. There were times I even got to a place where I said, you know, if this is what life is going to be, I don't want to live it anymore. Mm. But I really didn't have a choice. And then through a series of miraculous events, I discovered functional medicine. Mm -hmm. And when I learned about it, I knew it was the truth, but I heard about tests that I never learned about in med school or residency to look at sex hormones in saliva and cortisol. I never heard of these tests and functional stool tests and food sensitivity tests to get at the root cause of these problems, right? So what I realized is I was up in the leaves and branches of the tree treating symptoms with drugs and medications and surgery, right? Which is just mm -hmm. symptom management, but with functional medicine, I went down the trunk of the tree into the ground, into the roots wow. and dealt with the hormonal imbalances, the toxicities like you talk about, nutritional deficiencies, mental, emotional, spiritual imbalance. And when you fix all those, oh, my gosh, goes up the trunk to the leaves and branches and they all get better. So when I discovered it, started using it and my health just started transforming. Mm. Mm. Long story short, I started doing it with my patients and they had the same success. And after a year and a half of that, I just closed my OBGYN practice because I knew that wasn't the way to heal people. It didn't heal people. Yeah. It just controlled their symptoms and kept them drug, drug dependent. And yeah. I have done this full time uh, for the past nine years. Ah, I love this story. And I love how, you know, drug dependent, because, you know, I was into the gynecologist all the time as I had the menopause symptoms going on, but I had a ton of reproductive issues happening my entire adult life um, that I was experiencing with um, heavy cycles, painful cycles, uh, you know, just things that were not normal and being treated as though, this is just the way things are. Um, you know, here we're going to put you on this drug and this drug, and maybe we'll send you over this specialist. And I even had doctors telling me, well, this is normal. I, I have women who would die to have your kind of cycle. Uh, you know, just crazy stuff. I was diagnosed in menopause at the age of 36, which, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the average age of menopause 47? Somewhere the average around? age of menopause is actually 51. Um, and if you go through it before 35, it's considered premature. So it can happen earlier, but average age is 51. So that was pretty early, 36. Mm -hmm. I was, well, and, you know, people who know my story know that I grew up in the automotive world. I was a, a certified mechanic. So, you know, not only did I have toxic ex exposure inside my home, but the, the extreme toxins that I was working with daily, um, I'm sure played mm -hmm. havoc on, on my body. But so, so. 
what I really want to, you know, this is the problem, right? You found the solution and look at you. You're just beautiful and radiant. I just absolutely love it. Um, you know, and let's focus on the solution and let's take a look into, um, you know, functional medicine as a whole. And then we're going to really dive into the wrap up of, of this event itself. But you talk about getting to the root. When we talk about menopause, you know, what are some of the root symptoms that we're experiencing with menopause? Because other countries don't experience what we experience. Correct. We really do have a pathologic menopause in the U.S. that has a lot more symptoms. Some countries like Japan don't even have a word for menopause. It's just a normal phase of life. And women really don't have that many symptoms. And that's to do with their lifestyle and diet. Mm -hmm. And it's very from ours, but we have pathologic menopause because we have so much toxicity, number one, and we have a lifestyle that's extremely stressful and affects our cortisol stress hormone. So that will sometimes show up as hot flashes. Mm -hmm. um, you, if you have insulin problems, so if you have diabetes, you can actually have symptoms that can mimic menopause, like hot flashes. If right. you're pre-diabetic or insulin resistant, you can have that. If yeah. you have thyroid problems, you can have hot flashes and fatigue and mm -hmm. a lot of the symptoms of menopause. So because it's really our toxicity levels and our stress that causes our cortisol to be so unbalanced. Those two combine and they make menopause way worse. Mm -hmm. And so that's really the issue. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Biohacking. So if you have a hack, say in the kitchen, right? What's the easiest way to cut a tomato, a papaya, whatever. That's a workaround or a strategy to make it efficient and optimize your time doing it and have the best results. So when we biohack our bodies, we're biohacking our physical body, our mind, and our environment. And we're using strategies and workarounds to optimize and have the best results possible. So that's from working out to where you're sleeping, to taking the toxins out of your house. A lot of the biohacking, our, our modalities, therapies, and strategies, ozone for instance, which have been around forever, right? And then we have new scientific things like, you know, that are crazy cool. And you can go off the deep end with it, but you, if you could just kind of you know, pull it in a little bit, it works. And it's amazing. Right. And what people don't understand, because we think biohacking, ooh, that's doing something, you know, science and a mad lab, you know, type thing. But just like you said, sleeping in the dark is biohacking. Taking the toxins out of your house is biohacking. You know, we are doing a lot of these things. There's just so many modalities. So what are kind of your like, all right, if I've got to give you my top five, can we get it to five? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, you actually, you actually can. And um, so when, when, when I speak to people, the number one thing is hack your sleep. Mm. So if somebody wants to lose weight, uh, they want to look better, feel better, whatever they want to do, if you are not sleeping, you will not be able to do it. Your mind won't work. You, your body has no time to repair. That is the time that your body can heal itself and give you the ability to set goals and reach them the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. 
Right. So you start with hacking your sleep and I track my sleep with an aura ring. I'm a fanatic, like what at about eight o'clock, my phone says it's time to start winding down. I put the blue blocker lights on. I might even light candles. I turn off the lights at night. There, I, there's no electricity in my bedroom at night. I turn off the uh, internet. Um, my cell phone is not in my room and there's no, uh, TV, satellite, that's all turned off. So you really want to create a sanctuary where you're sleeping and make sure you're getting the best sleep. In the words of Dr. Matt Walker, sleep he's a sleep diplomat. He says, the shorter you sleep, the shorter you live. Boom. Proven scientifically. What's the aura ring that you... Sh- oh, so this aura ring, it's really cool. So it and the reason it's cool, it's not hitting you all day long with EMFs and radio waves, right. like some of the other fitness um, apparatus that you wear. So um, when you sleep and you wake up in the morning, you turn the app on and that's when it does its little download You know, for a short amount of time. It tells you your deep sleep. It tells you your heart rate variability, which is your most important indicator of health. That is a number you want to watch. And it needs to be have the variable to it. You know, the she, more crazy it is, down, up and yeah, down. the more crazy, the better. And your heart rate variability is the space between the beats, the milliseconds between your heartbeats. So based on that, it can tell if you're recovering or not. And then you can start saying, well, why was my heart rate elevated last night? Why did I not get to deep sleep? And then you can look at your habits. Okay. Well, did I have screen time last night? Did I eat late? Did I have caffeine? Did, what does wine do? Oh, have a couple glasses of wine. And you, you, it's crazy what happens to your sleep. And you can see it. And then you go, oh, wow. And you might feel okay the next day, but we're talking on a cellular level. Like we're talking right. about your energy, your mitochondria. We're talking about long-term effects on your life. Right. So number one is sleep. Okay. I would, I would say you have, you have to sleep. Number two, well, we all know diet. Right. I mean, that's a given. You need to eat non-processed foods. It, it, you need to. I, I, you should. You should. I mean, you just have to. Okay. So non-processed organic foods. We know that our diet is huge. Right. right. And we should very, very much be very conscious of what we put into our bodies. So I don't spend a lot of time on that because then that looks different for everybody. Not everybody's oh. going to be paleo. Not everybody's going to be keto. Not everybody's going to be bulletproof. I mean, everybody's different. Right. Right. But as long as you know it's working for you and you're eating good quality food, that's the important thing. Exactly. So water. Okay. I'm major, majorly into water. The water that you drink. And we all know not to drink it out of plastic, people. Okay. Filter your water. Okay. Yes. I've got my water here. Um, filter your water. Take everything out of it. I use a Berkey. So my water comes out of the the sink and it goes through a quick little filtration. Then I have a Berkey. It takes out the chlorine. It has charcoal filters. It's very pure when it comes out, which is a beautiful thing, but you must add trace minerals back to your water. All the water that you drink, trace minerals are so very, very important. So you get the little trace mineral drops and every bottle of water that you drink, you drop, you put your drops in. I, I cannot stress that enough. They actually say less than 10% is genetic. It is really has to do with our lifestyle and our environment, Amy. Those are the biggest things. And these are not just hearsay things. These are actually 
you can go and see the research done. And uh, there's a website called pubmed.gov, which is the National Institution of Health Library. And you can actually find these articles that they are talking about this. It's a growing sector that I know you and Amy, we've been talking about is nutrigenomics and epigenetics. These are the growing sciences that are coming. And that's why people need to pay attention. Because if you think about it, people are getting sicker, younger, and younger. Yet we have more technology now. People shouldn't be. So then it makes you stop to think like, hmm. What's going on? Why why is it? Yeah. I remember growing up. uh, And I think most of us can probably attest to that is When I was a child and you heard the word cancer, it was few and far in between. And there weren't too many people affected by cancer or cancer diagnosis. But yet today, my grandchildren are going to grow up as though it's a common ailment. Oh, it is. They say one in two. Isn't that? Yeah. And you see the stats were one to eight for breast cancer. And it's now going to be one in two. Like okay. pretty much like every other person. All right. Like, so let's, you say it was a gift and a silver lining and you, we've already established that only 10% or less of all cancer cases are genetic. So what can we do in a lifestyle change? If, if 90% is lifestyle, what's most important? What do we need to be looking at? Oh, wow. <laughs> this is you know, I'm putting I, you on the spot right away, aren't you I? Are, you are, but I love this. Sometimes I feel like I overwhelm people because sometimes people just roll their eyes at me. And I just say, just wait. You'll, I know you're going to think that I'm crazy, but just wait. So I do believe all of our technology right now, the Wi-Fi, that is like a big thing because what it's doing is it's disrupting our sleep. Right. And we really do need proper sleep. And I don't think people think about that. We go to bed, we're reading on, you know, our tablets, we're reading on our phones. And what is happening is that blue light is disrupting our sleep cycles. It is, you know, it's given us a false sense of, oh, it's daylight. Our hormones are going off balance right. and that's what is happening a lot. So I think the whole Wi-Fi, um, people are very sensitive and because of our genes, everyone's genetic makeup is different. So you might not be sensitive. You know, for me, I can tell my one daughter is extremely sensitive. If she's had her iPad or she's had her cell phone with her nonstop, she is a totally different kid than versus if she's just been out in nature. Right, right. And that's where a lot of people will recognize that. So I tell people all the time, you know, stop wearing the smartwatches, the Fitbits. I'm not a fan of those because it's, it's emitting EMFs into our body. And what is that doing? It's breaking down our cells. Right. So that's one area I think people have to really realize is as much as we love the technology, we have to take a break from it. And also our mind, our mind needs that break. You know, people, you and I were talking about this, Amy, how everyone thinks it's just exercise and eating is what wellness (laughs) is. And it's not, we need to rest our brains. We are not resting them. We're not taking time to meditate and prayer and just being quiet. Well, we're such a society of go, go, go. Mm -hmm. Everything is busy, busy, busy. It's on the go. And and we're not taking that time to just sit back. And unfortunately, 
so many times, it doesn't happen until you are sick that you realize, hey, I needed to do this for myself. So technology, limiting technology, limiting your exposure to the technology, that's a great first start. Um, And again, Listeners, we don't want to overwhelm you. Naomi and I totally understand that because there's everybody's got something, right? But if cancer is is 90% our lifestyle, I think it's so important that we really talk about those things that we can do. Yes, well, you know, I'm a, um, I talk to my patients. It's what, what we can control in our lives. It's what we eat. <laughs> what we do and what we think. And so from within, so that's really kind of the the beauty and health from within. And Mm. so what we eat absolutely makes a huge difference. You know, when you're talking about um, sugar, um, Mm. when you you take in a lot of sugar and you love to eat your, you know, your processed carbs, absolutely. We know that these, you know, our proteins get glycosylated, these sugars attach, and they become targets from for these enzymes that break them down. And so your aging process is accelerated by, you know, eating poorly. And so people who eat clean and, you know, real natural organic foods, definitely there's a big difference in their aging process, the healing of the skin, even if you come in for treatments, you know, in the clinic, your healing makes a difference. Actually, I'm a big believer in, you know, supplementation as well, because it's very hard in our modern crazy lifestyle to really get all of the important minerals and vitamins, antioxidants, botanicals, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that we really need to optimize our health and healing. And so I'm a big believer in that. The other is what you do. Obviously, even physical activity makes mm-hmm. a huge difference. You know, you with just regular exercise, you can um, eliminate toxins, mm-hmm. you can improve your lymphatic, you can minimize edema and swelling in your skin and improve circulation. And again, circulation is everything when it comes to trying to heal your skin and optimize oxygenation um, and decrease the aging process. And then what you think, you know, we know, especially (laughs) now during COVID, we've all been under tremendous amount of stress. Mm -hmm. And I've seen my patients age so much include, I mean, not just my patients, but me, you know, (laughs) we have like accelerated our aging process. We have a lot of people now coming in, telling me I've aged years within these last six months. I'm losing hair. Um, You know, my hair's thinning. All of these things because that stress level Mm -hmm. really affects um, the skin and, 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 and our entire being. Yes. You know, it's, it's funny, Dr. Tess, because I, um, I'm on a 30-day sugar detox, and I'm I'm doing beyond just processed sugar. I'm eliminating and actually going to a minus 15 grams of carbs a day just to kind of do some gut health, you know, rejuvenation. And we will talk about removing sugar and how sugar really ages the skin. Talk to me about you know, there's processed sugar, but I'm finding, you know, even in our vegetables, there is sugar content and carbs. And, you know, so if somebody's trying to have a good positive impact on their skin by reducing that sugar, are we talking just the processed sugars? 
No, I mean, you know, you're, you're, um, you're correct in that it's really all glucose. This is like, you know, um, your body looks at it and, and I tell people, you know, even your fruits, you have to almost look at fruits as dessert and you can reward yourself. It's definitely much better to eat a fruit than say, you know, a cake, right? right. And so it's really levels. And I, I, I like to talk about um, processed um, sugars because this, I think people get it. And But if you're trying to get to the next level of, um, you know, of, of healthiness or uh, being good to your body. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you're, you're talking about, you know, your rice, you're talking about your, uh, your, your fruit. Um, and so you, you should also consider those glucose content as well. Hey there, I wanted to take a minute to talk about the everyday products you are using in your home. Many of us are label hunting. They're examining every product in the house to make sure it's toxic free. And I totally understand that, hey, we're not all scientists, and maybe we just want that easy button to help pick the right products. That's why I aligned with Young Living, a whole health and wellness company that has all the clean products you know, from essential oils to personal care products, makeup, supplements, items for kids and babies, and the list goes on. Almost any everyday item you could think of using. And the best part is, Young Living's products are seed to seal. They're backed by high quality standards. They're the leader in the industry and one of the only essential oil companies that have their own farms. I've been there, they're incredible. These are great natural products that you can use right at home. If you wanna shop worry-free for home products, click my link in the show notes and see the quality products from Young Living. So I'm a big fan of daily detox and supporting that. So sometimes right away I get pushed back, like, why do you need to support detox? You're already doing that. Um, Because we're exposed to a gazillion things that we weren't exposed to before. Plus on top of that, we have stress and blue light and overstimulation. And then our food quality isn't what it used to be. Even if you eat organic, you know, Mm -hmm. I tested myself for glyphosate, which is the pesticide roundup probably a couple years back now, I wouldn't, I couldn't believe my levels and Mm -hmm. I eat organic. So um, it's, it's, we're all exposed. And I, yeah, again, our food quality isn't the same. Even when you're eating well, you're probably eating some processed food and that kind of a thing. So I firmly believe you're going to be better when you support uh, detox every day. So part of that is foods that support the liver Mm-hmm. And some of those are ones you're already eating. So foods that contain sulfur, uh, cruciferous vegetables, you definitely need protein for your liver. So you want clean sources of protein. Those are just like a few things you want to support your gut health with food too, because a lot of detoxification happens through the gut, right? You have to move your bile, you have to have bowel movements. Mm-hmm. So again, there's like foods for that. Getting tons of fiber is great. And sometimes people have been getting to a pretty restricted diet because of their health problems. So Mm -hmm. slowly getting your diet to be more diverse again, eating lots of berries is really good. Um, You know, eating the rainbow. So these are just some like basics to get us started on the conversation. And then there's, yeah, there's lots of herbs or teas you can make that Mm -hmm. are helpful for doing simple things like, um, 
yeah, increasing bile, like artichoke is what I've been studying. Green tea is fantastic mm. for like antioxidants for your mm-hmm. liver. Um, uh, let's see. And then like some practices I do, and I try to encourage my clients, like do at least one detox practice a day. So you okay. can use your dry brush in the morning. That's very mm. simple and it moves lymph. It also, mm-hmm. you know, increases circulation. So I think it's good for your brain and your skin health. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use a sauna and you don't have to own one. Um, you can just go to your local chain gym. You know, you, you don't need to spend a lot of money mm-hmm. until if there's a day you want to buy a sauna, fantastic. But you just start mm-hmm. where you're at. Mm-hmm. You can do Epsom salt bath. That's mm-hmm. a very affordable thing that gives you some nutrients for your liver and detoxification. You can do some essential oils, um, mm-hmm. like juniper is one I like, or some of the citrus oils. Mm-hmm. Um, using a little bit of those, um, you can do those also with a castor oil pack, which is a very easy thing to do. Castor oil uh, increases your levels of glutathione, which you need to handle all the oxidative damage from all the toxins. So more toxins you have, more glutathione you need, but the more it's depleted all the time right. from the present. So you pretty much constantly need to be increasing glutathione, um, especially if you've been compromised like pretty severely by toxins. Another thing that increases glutathione is coffee enemas. And I still do them about twice a week. I just really think they're beneficial they're a big like mind jump for people to think about doing. <laughs> yes, <it> um, is. <laughs> but once you've tried it a few times, it's like, oh, so I mostly say, hey, just just try it, you know, tr- challenge yourself to do it five times. If you just hate it, fine. But usually it's just a matter of like getting you and it's it's not gross or weird really once you're used to it. So I do that, believe it or not. Um Let's see some of just doing lemon water is a super simple mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to up it a bit, I have a little green juice recipe that's just cilantro. You can do some sprouts, some lemon, a little honey, just blend it and strain it. So that's a really nice way to just all those greens are quite good for your liver. Cilantro is good. And just just simple stuff like that that takes right. you like three minutes in your routine. Um, it can give you a lot of energy actually in your day. And then you're just like giving that nice flash to your liver and that nice support. So those are just like a handful of my favorites. Yeah. I love that. Um, And even just the simple things of drinking more water, you know, making sure that you're taking in enough water. There's some, you know, really simple things. I know we've got an infrared sauna um, at our Arizona home. We don't have ours here yet at the lake house. It's coming. Um, And I am a huge proponent of that because when we can get the body sweating, um, you know, and expelling. So we're going to expel the toxins either through our urine, our stools and our sweat, yes. um, you know, or your how, breath too, actually. Our, yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But I th- love sauna. Are there, there's some toxins that I've, I've learned and understand that no matter what we do with like all of these tips, um, and specifically, I know heavy metals, they need something to bind to in order to be removed from the body. Are you familiar with this? Yeah. So yeah, some heavy metals can be difficult, especially because of the type of tissue they've gotten into like Mm -hmm. bone. Um, You know, the body is sometimes trying to protect you from them. So they can be in bone, you know, it's kind of one theory that 
parasites can benefit us because they'll sort of eat them and house them. It's kind of gross, but yeah. Yeah. So you don't want to also move, try to mobilize those too quickly because if you don't have the capacity to bind them and get rid of them, you can feel a lot worse. And then mm-hmm. they're just ghosts somewhere else in, inside your body. Um, so you want to go slow. I mean, heavy metals is one that I don't usually teach about casually because they're a big deal. So mm-hmm. one naturopath I was seeing um, did some chelating agents mm-hmm. that were in the IV and I, yeah, it was way too much for me. I, I would end up with like a 48 hour headache. I feel mm-hmm. miserable. So that was too much for me. So heavy metals, I, you know, probably the best way to go is, is test first yeah. to see what you're really dealing with and then work with a practitioner who's going to guide you through it. And that may be doing some chelating agents like we kind of talked about, hopefully a little more gentle than what I was experiencing <laughs> and then using a, a binder. Right. So binders are generally supplements that chemically or physically can kind of grab toxins so that they don't recirculate. We re-recycle our bile, which is where toxins are like kind of pushed right. out through. Right. So we don't want to recycle it. So fiber, again, gives a way for like fat and bile, bile, you know, moves fats to move out. So just like eating apples, eating asparagus, all the things is really great. Um, and then you can do binders like charcoal, clays, fulvic mm-hmm. and humic acid usually away from meals because they'll also bind up a little nutrients. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, yeah, those are a great part of detox. Most folks don't know about, which is maybe like next, a little next right. level once you right. learn a little more, but they're usually quite safe. Yes. Occasionally you can feel a little worse on them because they're not binding them in like a perfect capsule. They're still dragging them through yeah. your system. So yeah. occasionally my clients feel worse on them. I've never felt worse on a binder. I felt horribly worse on a chelator. So we all have to find like our own combo. Yes, I mean, being a physician can be stressful. That's (laughs) why I'm I'm writing this book, which is gonna be coming out in the fall. Don't mess with stress because stress has been my biggest challenge or actually really managing stress. Right. And I'm just now, you know, after all these years, really starting to, to do much better at managing my stress. I still have triggers. I'm afraid of being late. I don't want to be late, but I now try and use positive self-talk and breathing and trying to reflect on, uh, for example, someone I knew, a friend of mine died last year, very freak accident. She was walking, this is in December of 2019. She was walking to work, she's an architect. And apparently someone said she stopped for an umbrella to buy one on the street, apparently. And then she was walking and a piece of terracotta from the top of a building broke off, hit her on the head and killed her. Oh my goodness. And it's interesting, she was an architect and this was, and, and the, the building was cited because it was supposed to have these things up so that in case things fell off, but she died instantly. It was so tragic. Mm. And, you know, so what I'm trying to do with my own self, it's not easy, but it's to kind of remember that life is just so fragile. Mm-hmm. And this happened to her. And you know, she was in the, you know, pinker of her life. Right. You know, had a grandchild and 
happily I, married and not to be maudlin here and, and but it was just it's just trying to kind of put it in realize that life is so precious every breath every yeah. step and I, and I again I still fall back and uh but anyway so we're, yeah we're only human and I always say this is not a dress rehearsal <laughs> I know I know it's not a dress rehearsal. And are you living every day as though it were your last day? Um, you know, uh, I, I just Probably think- not, but I, I'm trying to kind of be more mindful. Yeah. And I think, you know, this pandemic, you know, I mean, there've been so many tragic mm. things that have happened, but I believe there are some silver linings. You oh, know? Yeah. And, you know, for three months I was sheltering with family and um, I, I was, calmer I didn't have to you know commute and mm -hmm. um you know and I there were things I could do mm -hmm. uh myself that I would that I would you know maybe listening to webinars or doing more exercise and that kind mm -hmm. of thing which was more self-care right you know? so I think there are some silver linings I have a patient who told me that his life was like a hard reset because he was drinking mm -hmm. a lot and you know not eating well and this kind of gave him the time to yeah to now do you feel like um as as we get back to life um you know as we knew it that people you know as I hear a lot of that uh, uh from a lot of people there's there's yeah. good things that have happened there's some people you know we hear about the you know corona 15 but we also hear about people who have really taken this time to step back analyze how they're eating because they're eating at home they're making better food choices they're they're working out more they're finding themselves in better shape uh, than they've ever been in their life and you know families are are realizing what is important here you know is it important for us to be run 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 or is this family time you know more important or you know, did they find the opposite that it, oh, we need to be away <laughs> from each other? But, you know, you said, you know, you were in in isolation for three months with your family. Did you find that after that that time period, did you go back to normal, you know, or did you continue those self-care practices? Great question. Well, I've been a pretty regular meditator, so I've been continuing that. I really right. miss I missed the whole day, which is unusual. And I feel the difference. And because I'm in a transition, I just reopened. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing, you know, a combination of telemedicine. So I've been sitting a lot, you know, and I have to get up mm -hmm. myself to get up because they say that sitting is the new smoking, you know, that even if you've worked out for about two hours, let's say if you work out for two hours in the morning and you sit the rest of the day, it kind of, they say it wipes it out. But in answer to your question, I think I've become more mindful. You know, I think I've become more mindful. Like today, I had to, I had an appointment that I had to be on for my newsletter, you know, and I had so much that I had to do. And I, so I reached out to the person I was working with and I said, look, I'm so sorry, I'm, I'm going to be late. Now, normally I would feel stressed. I felt myself begin to feel, you know, I don't want to let someone down, but it's actually my, with my time anyway, but I just did the best I could do. Right. And I, I was very proud of myself. And I think an important point for the listeners, I think, is that when you when you notice a pattern change or something positive, mm -hmm. you should kind of acknowledge it. You know, it's funny. I'll just take this little thing off here. I don't know if you can see this. It says... Change the pattern. pattern. This was in a magazine that I was 
I was reading and I saw that it was for probably clothes or something. I don't know, but, and I cut it out and I put it on my computer so that it, I would make me more mindful about mm. changing my patterns, you know, and stuff like that. So even though the part of me today that like likes to, you know, be on time and be perfect, right? I had to kind of have radical acceptance. Physical stress and emotional stress. It's funny, they feel like two separate things, but they show up in the nervous system the same way. <sighs> Shooting messages up into the brain that move you towards a sympathetic fight or flight state. Right. Uh, or if it's beyond your capacity, causes kind of like a shutdown. Right. So you either go fight or flight or you go into freeze. Whether mm -hmm. it's a physical stress, like mm -hmm. consistent, like bending over a keyboard will affect your body the same way and your mind the same way, or it's an emotional stress, it'll affect your body and mind the same way. Many people have physical like injuries that cause their cause them emotional uh, disruptions right. and emotional disruptions can cause physical. So the, the mind and the body are linked. It's not separate. So okay. um, I discovered the way to heal is to address both sides, the cognitive and the somatic, the body and the mind simultaneously. And the methodologies I use address both because if you go to you know, psychotherapy to address your issues. You're not dealing with the physiological component of it. Right. You're not dealing with the body, how the body keeps the score. Most of these traumas are in our body and you can't just, it's not an intellectualized, it's not an intellectual process of healing. You right. must, sh you must show your younger parts how to heal, not just tell them. Right. Right. I love that. Um, and I think so many of us in, in our, at least for me, what my experience has been is that we don't even realize the stressors that we're putting our body under, um, you know, and, and, you know, have we, have we come to a point where we think that living in a certain state is just normal? It becomes a new normal. It becomes a situation where it's called allostatic load. You then habituate of being like it becomes your home away from home. If you've had a trauma, you're naturally in this anxious kind of sympathetic uh, fight or flight state, it becomes your home away from home and you're completely unconscious of it. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, for me, as it, uh, that I always talk about, you know, I just, I lived in stress and that oxidative stress state for so long that I just, it, it was a normal, it, 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 you know, was what I felt to be normal. Um, talk about trauma, you know, you, you're, you're giving us a little bit about, you know, trauma. How does a physical trauma, because you started off as, as a chiropractor and boy, have I ever used chiropractic care, but how does that physical trauma elicit an emotional trauma? Well, have you ever had um, an injury? Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Tell me. Tell me. Um, tell me about one emo like a like an injury that you've had that really impacted you. Mm. I was in a car accident. Ah, uh, how long ago? Oh golly, jeepers! Uh, Twenty years ago. Was it a rear ender? It was. <laughs> okay. So, did, how did you, other than the physical pain? obviously you're going to have whiplash and neck pain and you're probably going to get headaches and then you're probably going to get jaw pain, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you have all of those? Oh, and beyond, yes. Did you have <laughs> numbness and tingling down the arm? 
You know, I, I don't remember all of that. I, I mean, I was, I was uh, unconscious and, you know, taken to the hospital, you know, when it, when it occurred. And when I came to, I was just in severe pain. Um, you know, so I, I had, I, I literally had a seatbelt across my body still, you know, the, uh, um, the impact, I, I had that, that seatbelt bruise across my body. Well, okay. So because of those physical injuries, how did you, do you remember how you were doing emotionally during that time? Oh. Were you like in a happy-go-lucky state? No, gosh, did no. you have a lot of joy? <laughs> no. Did you feel connected to gratitude and feel like really interacting and engaging socially? Yeah, no, no, no. no. So I your to emotions, up in a ball. yeah, right. Your emotions were impacted by your physical injuries. So mm -hmm. definitely, by healing, though, you will then be also in those moments of physical trauma and injury. You will then also be confronted, like a couple of my one patient I recall got into a whiplash, and she was in in a great deal of pain. And then eight days later, boom, she go. She then started having recollections of sexual trauma when she was younger. Wow. So your body keeps the score. And if mm -hmm. you are pushed physically, mm -hmm. you will then get triggered to other emotional wounds. You can't separate them. My personal opinion is we all have those limiting self-beliefs that we all tell ourselves inside and, and those are so toxic. And I want to talk about how do you walk people through, number one, realizing that it's a limiting belief in the first place. And then number two is to make that shift. You know, I, I believe that you have to replace. You can't just take something away. You need to add something in, in place of it. Yeah. Um, as you're talking about adding something in replace of it, I'm really big on getting the lessons because usually a limiting belief stems from something that was decided, like an event happened or some sort of experience happened. And in that moment, you decided something and then you formed a belief around it. And then your brain does everything that it can to justify that belief. So let's say even no matter how much you want something, if you have a belief um, that you won't make enough money, no matter how hard you work, your brain will do everything it can to justify that belief. Right. So what you can do through work with someone, this is why it's really important to have a coach is because you can't be part of the solution if you're part of the problem. So you can't process yourself um, to get the learnings from whenever you decided in that moment. And when you get the learnings, um, you can rewrite the limiting beliefs and re reprogram. So I'm I a huge advocate of getting the learnings and the lessons and because everything everything's a story, right? It's all a lesson. It's all a learning. What can we move forward? What can we progress and uh, grow from? Right. And it's not this, well, it is what it is. Um, I, I, that is one of those things I saw a lot of people saying, I'm like, I just don't like that oh, yeah. because it's not, it is what it, it is. It is what you make it. it exactly. You yeah. know, we, we've got that choice. A lot of the beliefs it is unconscious until it becomes conscious. So once you see, once you see the belief and how it's playing out, and you can see the cycle of what's going on, that's when you can learn from it and shift it. But before that, it's unconscious, right? So you're kind of just going through life with that belief on autopilot. And it's right. kind of creating the reality that you're used to. You're not really used to anything else. Right. And the idea of it being different can be confronting for you because that's uncomfortable 
or it's unsafe or it's X, Y, Z, um, whatever it is for the person. Um, And so you see the belief and how it's actually working and how it may not be beneficial to you today. You know, that's when it becomes conscious. But yes, it's mainly unconscious. My five top tips for really getting good solid sleep. So number one, obviously we want to remove the toxins. So what do we remove from the bedroom to really create that atmosphere of getting good, healthy sleep? Number one is the electronics. Get those out of the bedroom, not just your cell phone, your laptops, your computers, but also the TVs. You should not have that device in the bedroom because the bedroom is for sleep. And the what happens when we have the TV screen in the bedroom is our subconscious mind sees the reflection off of the TV when it's off even. And you're not in that rested state because your subconscious mind is sensing that someone else is in the room. Um, so I don't know how many of you knew that or not, but we, we didn't need to get that out of the room. Number two is reduce the temperature in your bedroom. We want to sleep in a cooler temperature to really get some good rested sleep. So reduce that temperature down two, three, four degrees uh, from the rest of the, the daytime. Um, get that temperature cooler. Number three, create a dark environment for you to sleep in. So put the shades down, don't have any lights glaring, um, you know, create that dark environment. If you need to use a sleep mask, um, that I, I do that many times because my husband doesn't like the shades down. So I create that dark in any way that I can. Um, number four is I like to use essential oils to help me wind the brain down, quiet the brain. So my problem isn't falling asleep. My problem was quieting the brain down. So there's lots of different essential oils that you can use to really create that calm environment to um, have a good, healthy sleep. And you can do the research on those. My favorites to use are peace and calming, I like to use lavender. I like to use valerian or vetiver. I like to use cedarwood, frankincense, and any combination of those um, for me to create that nice sleeping environment. And then lastly is have a routine. Get yourself into a routine, which is, um, you know, shutting off all the electronics, TV, computers for at least an hour to give time for that brain to shut down before you go to sleep. And then also the routine of, of the time, you know, make sure you're going to bed every uh, at the same time every single night. And that's going to help you get better sleep, too. But in order to get the liver working, you got to detox it. You got to cleanse it. And is detox and cleanse the same? Uh, you know, these, you know, language is a funny thing because language evokes things in us. So you'll use different language because it evokes something in, in people, right? And so the way I think cleanse works with with how we hear things is i'm going to clear out my gi tract because you know i'm constipated that's got to be cleared out maybe i'm going to sweat a little bit and it's uh sort of a metabolic waste clearing and i'm going to pee out some more and that's totally related to detox but it's not necessarily turning up these cellular reactions to link things and pump things out that's more where we call the detox one way to look at it is 
uh, a cellular level of moving things out mm-hmm. of the cell and out of the tissue and then turning up the drainage pathway. So if you're constipated, that whole movement into the GI is not going to work well. If you're not drinking enough, the, the movement of the toxins out through the urine isn't going to work well. And so the cleanse is more getting the flushing capacity going and the detox is more getting the dumping of the cells out and getting the uh, reactions in the liver going. But they're always overlapped because the cellular level is going to be blocked when the cleansing or flushing isn't working. And when you open up the flushing, the cells can start releasing more. You can't be all jacked up like this and detox. (laughs) And you can't make it like detox this super verb i gotta detox because as long as you're in that you're blocking these reactions because they're not necessary for survival in a moment to moment here comes the tiger out of the bush thing i'm not gonna detox now i gotta run like hell right and and so your your perception of stress in your life is actually organizing how much your body will detox or not Well, the numbers today are six out of 10 adults have a chronic disease, six out of 10. And you, you know, today we're dealing with the coronavirus and and it's spreading so rapidly because, you know, 60% of our society has an underlying medical condition. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're not healthy. We're not healthy. Yeah. So um, the, the main thing, what you are saying is 100% true and is 100% accurate. The question is, if we were to look at the root cause, what is the actual root cause? So the root causes normally within products boils down to very few ingredients that are being used on such a wide range basis. Right. So it's not like the situation is hopeless. It isn't. No. There are many different things that can be done on a very easy way so that you can actually um, limit the amount of toxic ingredients you are absorbing. Okay. Right? And that was part of my, the thing that I was writing in my book was, how do you get a much healthier body within 30 days? What are the products you should have in your house? what type of foods you should eat, what type of things you should do in order to limit the amount of toxicity and antimicrobial and the microbiome destruction that's going on, okay? So the products becomes few ingredients that we gotta avoid, right? right? So we gotta make sure these toxic and antibacterial, antimicrobial, we should not use any product that is antimicrobial or antibacterial. Okay. No product. Zero. Right. Okay. The second part is going now with the diet. You got to figure out a way if you are not vegetarian and you're eating meat to buy meat that doesn't have hormones and antibiotic. Right. During this four months, you talked about healing your body, healing your mind. And you described to us, you know, while you were going through that lifestyle, you had irritable bowel syndrome, you had acid reflux going on, and you had a host of other issues with the thyroid, um, autoimmune disease. How is that in your life now? 
it is all very well controlled and it will flare up if I eat the wrong things. If I, um, so what I did majorly was I went organic. That was, I think the biggest turning point for me and my family was getting that constant pesticide exposure out of our system. You know, we were living on, um, a lot of quesadillas. So you got the flour tortilla with the cheese. Um, I mean, mac and cheese, grilled cheese. So it's just a lot of wheat products and dairy products. The two most inflammatory things that someone with autoimmune disease can eat. So once I got that out of my system and went organic, I noticed huge change in my bowels and my fatigue level. Then I started thinking about xenoestrogens. You know, we would heat everything in plastic. I drank out of plastic water bottles. Like everything was plastic because I was always on the go running, you know, around. And I really made a concerted effort to try to get the xenoestrogens out of my system you know, I had heavy, crazy periods and I couldn't take birth control pills because they gave me headaches and other issues. So once I finally started getting those toxins out of my everyday life, my hormones balanced out a little bit, you know, the stress management helped as well. Oh, sure. Sure. But getting those toxins out of my system helped a ton. Um, And like I said, the stress management. So just not living in a heightened state, sympathetic state all of the time, not letting everything get to me, not being like running from place to place, having, you know, some boundaries that made a big difference. And all of a sudden, I didn't have heartburn anymore. My bowels became regular. I could sleep. I mean, it was, it was just beautiful. And once you like figure all that out and you feel better, it's easy not to go back. That's all for this episode of the Toxin Terminator. And we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health. If you're looking to continue your journey towards full rejuvenation, reach out to Amy directly by visiting amycarlson.com for your own one-on-one chat session, as well as your free toxic risk assessment. That's A-I-M-E-E carlson.com. And remember, you are just one small change away from renewed health.